Welcome to Short Course, episode 18, for June 1st, 2018. I'm your host, Ben Barry. Something I've been thinking about a lot recently is good stages and how you define a good stage. And, you know, it's hard to really have a hard and fast set of criteria, but the more I shoot, the more I try and, and at least come up with some rules of thumb, some ideas, some guidelines, mostly so I can explain to match directors why a particular stage really I found, you know, interesting. What about it was fun to shoot? Because, you know, sometimes you walk away from a stage and you intuitively know like, oh, that was a good stage or that was a, you know, I I didn't really like that stage. But trying to put some guidelines around that and really quantify it and qualify it is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. The biggest rule that I would say is, is the guideline of a good stage is a good stage is one that you would want to shoot again. And there are a lot of things that go into this. But the, the main one is just the fact that you think you could do better if you shot it again. So if we look at the flip side of that, a bad stage in general is going to be a stage where you are just glad you got out alive. You know, you're glad you finished it. You aren't really looking to have an amazing time because there's some kind of element of it that's really punishing. It might be a memory stage where if you tried to go a little bit faster, you would probably forget a target. It might be a stage with a, a mover sequence that is really hard to time. And if you tried to shoot it again, you're, you're not, you have no confidence that you would get a similar mover sequence. You know, it feels out of your control, something like that. You know, a stage where maybe it's got some hard cover that is in kind of a goofy pattern where part of the A zone is covered with hard cover, but there's a scoring area on either side of the hard cover kind of thing you know, where you might just get unlucky and, and land around in the, in the hardcover where it had nothing to do with, with having your error zone on the target be too large or too small, stuff like that. So in general, a, a bad stage is a stage that you feel like after having shot it once, you would not take another chance to shoot it again. Reshoot or no reshoot. If you had a chance to, you know, shoot it again the next week, do you think you could improve? And, you know, this is, this is a basic criterion that most memory stages, for example, fail. You know, most memory stages, you're happy just to get to the end and have two holes in every piece of paper and every piece of steel. Now, that doesn't mean that I think that all memory stages are bad and we should never have them. And and I don't want this whole episode to be taken as the final word or some kind of judgment on this is what a good stage is and should be. And, you know, any stage that doesn't fit my criteria is wrong. That, that That's that's not it at all. I'm just trying to give some thoughts and, and some ideas about what makes some stages better to shoot than others. And Another criterion that I would apply is that a good stage is one that actually separates out the good shooters from the bad shooters. And this kind of goes back to the the first point where you should actually have some kind of reward for skill. You should have the ability to pick up time and actually run things slightly faster if you have the skill to come into positions aggressively. As an example, you know, not every stage needs to have aggressive position entry, but those kinds of things where you can start picking up time. You know, a good stage will reward skill at that level. A, a good stage will reward being able to, to change gears and shoot hard targets and easy targets, those kinds of things. And so you you would actually see, I would imagine, that on, say, a bad stage, you probably have a really clumpy distribution of skill level versus finish on that stage. And what that tells you is, you're, you're not having a, a strong relationship between actual shooting skill and finish on that stage. So, you know, if you've got B and C class guys mixing it up with the A's and the M's on a stage, then either it's not very challenging and they were able to sort of hero or zero their way into a good score, or 
it's just so hard and punishing that even good shooters can't get out alive. And so in general, some, a, a way you can kind of look at a stage afterward is could a better shooter, act, would they actually be rewarded for their skill and, and have that show up on the timer or the targets? Or is it kind of everybody does exactly the same thing and shoots more or less the same plan and, and there just really isn't that much room to differentiate yourself? That's, I don't know if that's a bad stage. You can have some interesting stages that are like that where they're kind of pass fail, really. You know, you, you won't see a lot of differentiation, but if you screw up, it'll drop you back a bunch of places. So there again, that's not bad in the sense that I don't want to get rid of all stages like that ever. But when you're looking at what makes a, a good stage good, I think actually having a, an equal distribution among the skill levels so that as you go up the classification curve, you actually see higher results. And, you know, we look at this in, in overall match results too. You know, if you look at a match and the, the, the results are sorted by classification, like the, the USPSA nationals last year, I want to say off the top of my head, I think was a pretty good one. The, the Ironside nationals, when you look at it, like most divisions are, had a pretty good distribution of, of the skills as you go up the results. They, they actually, they correlated the classification lined up with, with their match finish. I'm not saying anything about percentages per se, because I think as a M-class shooter, you shouldn't necessarily be expected to shoot 85% of a GM in a match. Um, there are a lot of variables at play there. So not looking real particularly at, at percentages, but just in general, that distribution of as you go up the results, do the, do the classifications proceed relatively linearly? And I think the reason that's that's important is you want to have a stage that accurately measures the, the skill of the shooters, where a better shooter can actually get 5, 10, 15% edge on someone that they are 5, 10, 15% better on. If it's a stage where, you know, you're forcing everybody to do a bunch of, you know, really hard, long shots on steel that drags down the hit factor and they're, you know, the, the actual interesting part of the shooting is such a minor piece of your actual final score that it's dominated by everybody shooting the same targets at relatively the same pace, then you're going to get shooters of, of equal skill or shooters of unequal skill clumped up together. And, and, you know, it's fine. Like it doesn't, it doesn't counteract the results, but as a stage, it doesn't, it doesn't contribute to differentiating the shooters of different skill levels. One thing that, that is interesting to point out here though, is you will see, especially in IPSC matches where because of the rules, they have more shorter stages by number, half of the, the stages in a match for them have to be 12 rounds or fewer. So they have a lot more of those short stages. One one warning I want to give about the rule I just stated is it won't always hold true when you look purely at, at some of those really short stages, just because it is possible for people to hero or zero those stages more so. So I think, I think shorter stages, you tend to see that dif differentiation less, especially because my understanding is and my attitude is on short stages like that, there aren't really a lot of match points to gain, but if you have some kind of meltdown, then there's, there's a really high disaster factor. You know, those stages tend to have a raw time less than 10 seconds. And so, you know, having a one or two second reload bobble, something like that can, can really hurt you in the overall for that stage. And so on those stages, I think the attitude of shooters that want to be in contention to win is that those are more about just sort of consistently delivering a decent run, but not trying to go crazy and, and burn it down and deliver a hero or zero run. Because if you're at an IPSC match, 
you know, they're going to have a higher stage count just on average. So if you've got a 12, 15, 18 stage IPSC match, taking away a stage win on a couple of the short courses, you know, the 12 rounders, isn't really going to move the needle for your overall score. But if you fumble one and it pulls you way down, the, the risk versus reward on those tends to be, you know, less. And so a lot of times when you look at those those short stages, especially if there's some kind of mover sequence or there are a couple pieces of steel where you can really hook up and just go here or zero, a lot of times you'll actually see that kind of stage be won by some kind of like B-class, A-class kind of guy who managed to hook up and hero or zero it where the guys in the running for the overall match in their division are going to take a much more measured approach, go one for one on the steel, but not try and you know lay down a crazy burn it down kind of hero or zero run. So that's that's sort of one modifier to, to that idea. So something else that comes up a lot and really no discussion of good or bad stages is complete without talking about it is options. And I think what we say when we're talking about good stages and the constant drumbeat is give us options, give us options. And I, I think the common perception about options is it lets you choose a stage plan that suits your individual skills. At least that's the way some people talk about it. I really think that doesn't quite hit the mark. I think options are much more about actually giving you the opportunity to apply skills that you have learned in practice and find the most efficient way through the stage, not catering to your individual talents or, or strengths, although there might be some of that. But it just it gives you more of an opportunity to show off the little details, the little transition skills, the to use this example again, entering and exiting positions aggressively, those little places where you can save time or you know shooting, getting a reload done and moving hard. You know when you've got more options, a lot of times, you can come up with a plan that incorporates more of those little details where there might be a very straightforward start at the back, go to every corner type of stage plan that is decent. It you know won't be a bad plan, but if you can make a plan that has a little bit more risk and reward where you can apply a little bit more of your skill, then you actually get a chance to deploy the things that you've learned in practice. And in that way, go back to the, the previous criterion about actually having the stage differentiate skill levels and give you a, a, a canvas on which to paint a good stage, so to speak. You know, a good stage is, is sort of this, this blank space that you fill up with the plan that you come up with and then, and then your execution of it. What's, I think, missing sometimes in the discussion of options is the difference between options of the type where you can have multiple people run multiple different stage plans where, you know, do you go to the front left first and the front right and then come back to the center? You know, the, what in what order do they go to all the spots and shoot all the targets? And that's, I think that's the most common definition of options. And that's really what we think about when, when we're talking about it. But you can have a really good stage with none of those options. You can have a really good stage where everybody goes to the same three shooting positions and shoots the same targets from each position, but how they approach each position how aggressively they tackle it, that determines their skill and and how their result comes out, whether they actually differentiate themselves from the pack. So these kinds of what I like to think of as micro options are they're they're more variable. You can it's more like a, a knob, you know, instead of Lego blocks that you snap together where you say, okay, go to this position first, that position first, 
it's it's little it's more fine-grained control than that something like you have a position where you're coming into position and there's a wide open target and how aggressively on the move do you come in how early do you shoot that guy how much speed are you carrying when you shoot that wide open target as you come in and then set up to to engage some other targets or if you're coming into a tight port how deep do you go into the port do you try and kind of hunt and peck and shoot one target at a time through the port or do you you know really get up close to it and maybe get your shoulders through the the opening in the wall or whatever it is having those kinds of more variable options that that reward skill or even just having a decision on okay do i want to take the do i want to come into the position take the hard targets and leave taking the easy targets or do i want to come in blast the easy targets while I'm coming in and setting up and then shoot the hard targets and and leave aggressively. And a lot of times, something like a, a really clean geometric stage design that, well, you know, especially if it's symmetrical on both sides, it can sort of be very sterile and, and not have a lot of these interesting elements. A lot of times when, you know, every target is just available from one spot in the shooting area, it you lose a lot of this ability. And so these kinds of, of small micro options you could say oftentimes come from having a a little bit of you could say a a bit of a messy stage where everything isn't it isn't clear it isn't obvious because if every target's just available from one or two positions usually it's pretty obvious where you want to take it from you're just going to take it from the the easier spot the closer spot and when you get a stage like this where you really can choose how aggressively to engage each target, you know, how to sort of maybe there's a little bit of a movement challenge. You're having to turn a corner where it's not just wide open, you know, it might be a little bit of a, of a tight squeeze to move through, or if you get going too fast, you're going to overrun a position. Those kinds of, of little challenges really reward planning and visualization and adding a lot of detail to a stage plan where I think a lot of stages can tend to be run here, shoot the targets through this port, run here, shoot the targets through this port, you know, rinse and repeat. And that's fine. Like those stages test the shooting skill part of it. But I think that's a stage where you're going to tend to see more clumping up because if you don't have the option to, whether it's take a target from further away or take it while you're carrying more speed through a position or take it at, take a target coming into position or those kinds of more continuously variable options, then what you tend to get is is people tend to bunch up just based on A, which of the three viable plans they chose, you know, which sequence to go to each position in. Or B, it, it just ends up coming down to being an accuracy contest. And don't get me wrong, like I shoot production, I like being accurate, I enjoy getting a lot of points like I, I have no problem with tight shots and partials and, and having stages reward that kind of accuracy but when that's the fundamental challenge of the of the stage when there's really not any place that you can pick up speed and play up your risk a little bit and potentially reap some reward from it when you have a stage like that that's where you you tend to get the clumping I think and one way that you know this is working and I, there are a couple of stages that, that come to mind when you can have a section of a stage, you know, not even, not even a whole stage and not even a classifier, but just a section of a stage where if you watch that, you can tell how good of a shooter someone is just because how aggressively they come into position, how early they start shooting, how much of a difference that there is in their, in the cadence of their shooting between a hard target and an easy target, how 
aggressively they leave the position, how much speed they carry through a corner, you know, that kind of thing. There, there are a couple examples I can think of where you could just show me a five second clip of a shooter running this little third of a stage. And I would bet I could probably within one grade tell you their, their classification just because a master moves differently than, than a B class shooter on average in general, you know, obviously each individual, there's room for variability, but these, these sections of a stage that reward these kinds of challenges as a shooter gets better, they become more comfortable with knowing their limitations and what level of aggression to commit to on those kinds of options. And that's what makes, in some cases, that's what makes these stages really satisfying. You, know, you can have a stage where you go to the same three positions and there there really is no option in that sense. You start at the back of the shooting area, you go to this one spot, you go to the next spot, you go to the, you end up in the, in the final position all the way down range and you shoot most of the targets in mostly the same order. But it's the order in each position, how aggressively you're transitioning between them, whether you take targets coming in or leaving, how much speed you carry through on an open target, all the little stuff like that, that, that really rewards a shooter knowing their own ability. Because when you have a section of a stage like that, it's, it's almost like a betting card game. You know, you come up with a stage plan and you're almost wagering on, on how good you think your hand of cards is. You know, how well can I shoot this target? maintaining a certain amount of speed and then you visualize that and you you try and recreate that sensation in your visualization of of what it's going to feel like to keep moving through that target with a certain amount of speed that kind of thing and then when it comes to execute it's like a showdown you know you're laying your cards on the table and you're seeing am i actually as good as i thought i was did i calibrate to the stage based on my skill correctly and completely as an aside this is one of the reasons that i'm i'm glad that USPSA in general doesn't allow multiple guns in the same match. And in we'll see how much stage recycling there is at, at nationals this year with them having the, the three nationals back to back. But I, I actually, this is why I think it's important that every shooter step up to the stage and have the same amount of familiarity with it. And so if you let people shoot the stage multiple times in different divisions, or you, you know, you let them shoot it on Tuesday in one division and then Friday in a different air quotes match, but it's roughly the same stage. They've got, they've been able to beta test that plan. And to me, part of what's so satisfying about this sport is coming up with that plan, knowing what you can do and what the sport rewards and making that wager saying, I think I'm going to come out ahead if I put elements like this, this, and that in my stage plan. And then you test it, you shoot it. And you see if it worked. And if you're lucky, there are going to be other people at the match who are similarly skilled, but that choose different choices on that stage. And you get to compare and contrast. You know, this is why it's really fun and really satisfying to go to bigger matches and have a chance to have, you know, <laughs> look at South Carolina, eight grandmasters in production, all looking at the same set of stages, all deciding which pieces they want to incorporate in their stage plan, and then laying the cards on the table and seeing which plan worked out. You know, if you go to your club match and, and you have two options and you're going to win the stage either way, you can kind of know, like you might in your head, choose one plan and, and try it out and test it. But without having someone else sort of nipping at your heels and being there to beat you on the stage, if you choose wrong, it, it's, it's easy to sort of lose that, that sense of really trying to push the limits all the time. You know, you, you do what you can with the club matches available to you, but there's, um, 
not really any any grand thesis here. Those are just kind of what I've been thinking about with with good and bad stages. Hopefully, as you go to some matches and you you think about these rules and and these ideas, they're not really rules of thumb, you could say. And you know, you start evaluating some stages. Maybe you'll start to see patterns and say, "Oh yeah, okay." Because a really simple stage can still be really satisfying if it offers a lot of those small sort of variable options where you can just dial up your aggressiveness five, ten percent, and just transition a little bit harder and carry a little bit more speed through a, a particular section. And so a very straightforward looking stage can actually be very satisfying and interesting to shoot if it has some of these elements. And I, you know, I, I'm always a junkie for, for more stages and better stages. So hopefully this, this helps you guys find some ideas and give good feedback to your match directors and, and let them know, you know, what, uh, what's working and, and what to keep up doing. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. You can follow me on Facebook at Ben Barry Shooting and Instagram at BS Barry. My email is podcast at barryshooting.com. I post video of every match I shoot at youtube.com slash Talk to you next time.